TD, adult child, so happy to be here today. Thank you for listening in advance. Um, so I got involved in, I'll tell you a little about me and then the tools recovery here, um, that I find to be really work. <laughs> Thank God. Um, yeah, so I grew up in a dysfunctional home and an alcoholic home, and it was an abusive home. So I could spend a lot of time telling you things that you would relate to, which would include verbal abuse, neglect, um, watching your siblings be abused. I would run away when my brother was being abused. He's he's missing right now, and he's in your city. Um, he's been gone for three weeks, needs his medication. So I only say that to say that if I ever want to minimize my childhood experience and just just focus on all the good stuff, which is what I did when I was in denial, um, I can't minimize it because I had a brother or sibling so close to me in age, and he has been in and out, out of juvenile hall, military schools, um, prison, which was very unjust. Um, and he's, an, he's been an institutionalized person. He's very violent. And I can only imagine there would be time because of physical abuse that happened as a child with me, I would have as a young adult, these moments of just overwhelming violence feelings coming out of my body. And I would feel like I just need to kick someone's ass right now. And I'd be like, what? Who? What? I don't want to kick anyone's ass. Why am I saying that? But it, I can only imagine what it would be like to be a man, have testosterone involved in those feelings. So I have compassion on that. And, um, yeah, I was sexually molested as a child before the age of two. I was raped when I was a teenager. I was kidnapped at 19 years old by a stranger in Los Angeles and was able to escape him. Some psycho. I've had uh, lots of suckers. I've been to the Victims of Violent Crime of California um, two times. It probably could have been more. I've had to be relocated. I've lived in safe houses because of this situation, being a public figure and I would love to be able to say that it was my fault, but it wasn't. And so I'm going to go right into the red book now, before I forget here. Okay, so I want to talk about Loving Parent. The Loving Parent Guidebook came out, and Inner Children came out. I think it's the best thing ever. The ACA is this forever evolving program, and we get new material. And if you haven't done any of the material and you're new to ACA, you can definitely start in a loving parent guidebook. It's intense and wonderful all at the same time. Okay, so becoming our own loving parent. Whatever, um, becoming our own loving parent, this is on page 296. Reparenting ourselves requires that we accept the reality of the inner child. The child within us is our original identity who knows how to love and how to trust freely. We become willing to consistently seek out and integrate the inner ch child into our lives. I have to say children because I'm aware of that. There are more than one child in me in our lives. By making the effort, the child within becomes our guide to our feelings, to our creativity, and to our spirituality. And through reparenting, we learn to listen for the child within. We can restage our childhood and teen years with gentleness by becoming and being the loving parent we needed to ourselves. With the help of our ACA friends, we learn how to fill in the nurturing and attention we didn't receive as children. And it goes on to say, you know, how unavailable our parents have been. Neglect is certainly abuse as well. Um, 
whatever our behavior was as children, we learned, we did learn parenting skills and have the potential to learn. Our potential is a combination of survival skills and true love for ourselves. Our caring nature is a solid foundation for developing a loving parent inside of us. We were willing to take care of others, so why not ourselves? Why not ask a loving parent within us to help us reclaim our childhood innocence and to live more gently today? Parenting ourselves as children and reparenting ourselves as adults has important distinctions. We were alone as children, and we were forced to grow up too soon. We're not alone anymore. And I like to think about, I could just be the nicest person to any of you guys, to a stranger on the street. And I can just be the meanest, most cruel person to myself. And it's frustrating and, um, and exhausting. I can just wear, wear, weary myself out with that. But I'm getting better. <laughs> I'm learning to correct myself. And I think about when we listen to each other in this reading here, I think about how often we listen to each other in these rooms. And if you would try to tally up how many three-minute shares you've listened to actively in an empathetic listener to others, then why can't I just stop when I'm feeling a lot of emotions and say, who's talking in there? What's wrong? I have... You, I, you know what? I'll time you. You can talk for three minutes. <laughs> because think of the hundred, all those minutes that we listen to each other and we're supportive and kind. And then we can just be the our own worst enemy. I think that's a very sad state to be in. And, um, and thankfully, there is a solution. And this is a spiritual program. And if I love ACA. I can't imagine where I would be without it. I was very, very fortunate to find ACA in 1994 when I was very young, and it was my first program. So I threw myself into it, and I was the girl that friends said, do you ever cry? And I said, no, I don't think so. What's to cry for? <laughs> I get into ACA, I couldn't turn it off. It was like a fountain that would just not stop, and I'm still like that. And I I did um, get have a head injury a few years back. A stalker followed me. I don't know who that guy was to my um, home, private home and beat me into a six-day coma. And there's something about coming back out of a coma from like th this other reality that makes, um, it makes me really grateful. And this is gonna sound a little weird, but there's a gift in trauma. There's a gift inside of it. If I can accept the grief and the loss that I have experienced in my innocence, then I can fully feel the beauty of this world and of myself. And I, people ask me a lot when they hear the things I've been through, how can you be a kind person, TV? How can you be that kind of I would, they, people say I'd be a friggin' tiger. I was before I found ACA. I was not a nice person. Someone said to me, um, oh, well, you know, I feel sorry for her or something because she got raped when she was 16. And I said, oh, is she 16 now? Because she's not 16 anymore. Oh, man, hard, hard person. Hard heart here until this spiritual <laughs> awakening that changed my life forever. 
and I had a sponsor that was really committed to me and I needed it and I got to therapy and you know as much therapy as I have been in as a adult it's a, it's very helpful recommend it yes but there's nothing like ACA because to be able to talk to people take off the mask of the don't trust don't feel don't think and really be that vulnerable is such a gift and it's such a gift to have different parts of myself. Like I used to get in arguments with my teenager when I first realized I had abandoned, pushed her away. And she had a lot of attitude. Now I think she's just the funniest, fun person to hang out with. And she's not afraid of authority figures. So when I go into a scenario that I know that that could possibly happen with a, whatever it is, court or any business situation where I feel like I would have the fear of authority. I just asked my teenager, hey, I have a name for her. It was kind of a nickname in high school. And I'm like, hey, do you want to you wanna come on out and help me with this? And uh, just act like you don't. And don't use any cuss words, okay? Then we can trick them. <laughs> and there's like this beautiful partnership. And I, you know, I have more than one teenager. <laughs> I have, and the, and the inner parts, the things I've learned about that is that they, um, they have stories to tell that are painful and it's hard for me to hear it. And it's, I would really rather just quiet that and pretend like it never happened. That's what I did when I got raped. It never happened. If I tell no one, it'll be like, it didn't happen. Of course that doesn't work. Right. My heart, I wrote about it in one of my songs, my heart turned hard as glass and threw it many broken cracks because I spoke of it to no one, no proud of the seeming self-control. Since I didn't let my voice speak, neither did my eyes weep. So my heart turned hard as glass and threw up many broken cracks. And AC has shaped me so much that I changed my songwriting. I was a songwriter before. I was working a working songwriter, actress, and singer. And um, but I had to set it all down once I got into this material and just said, "This is this is the message." This is my message. This is my people's message, <laughs> my tribe's message. And so I, I wrote about it and it worked and people connect to it because not everybody gets the opportunity to find ACA. I didn't even know we had Zoom rooms until the pandemic happened and someone in an AA meeting in Ireland in New York told me about this. <laughs> so that's how I got here. Um, but yeah, so ACA in the beginning, I was a bucket of tears. I thought it would never stop. And I really do see our, our trauma as um, being a survivor of abuse and having inner children is truly a gift. It really is to reparent ourselves and these parts that are so empathetic. We have two ears to listen, one to speak, right? And yet I don't want to listen to my inner voice. Um, but I'm, I'm learning to do it. I do all the stuff we do, the little the bear that I need to hug. I'm scared. And I'm on a Zoom meeting and I try to share and I get really scared to tell the truth. That And I call it share shame. Shame share, share shame. You know, when you share and afterwards you feel really horrible. And you're like, what did I even say? Why do I feel like garbage right now? Um, because I'm breaking the don't trust, don't talk, don't feel rule. And I am programmed up here to not do that. So when I break that, I get a little freer. I get a little more healed. And I face my fears. And it's okay if my if I cry, I probably won't even done yet. I'll probably cry. And I think about the tools that have really helped me has really truly been to connect with my brothers and sisters in this family. 
um, and really just go ahead and ask for help and reach out, show up to a meeting when I don't want to, raise my hand, especially if I don't want to. That's usually when this group conscious God thing happens for me. And I like, when I think about this, you know, the commandments that I grew up, I had a lot of religious abuse, don't get me wrong. I found my way back though. I'm okay with the word God and I can, can, I'm all right now, but wow, that was really hard. My mom would abuse us and then take us to church and scratch your clothes and make me get on stage and sing. And everybody would tell me her how wonderful and pretty her little daughter was. And she would be the sunshine. And what I realized from all of that experience really recently was that I spoke at a different meeting. Some very beautiful AC people showed up and were so kind to me. Some of you are in this room. And at first, when I got the first compliment, I was like, oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I, I feel valued. And then as we continued, I realized I don't have a shelf for this. You're giving me too much praise or appreciation. And it says in the Big Red Book that we are uncomfortable with compliments. And I am uncomfortable and I realized that the reason is because I don't have somewhere to put that I have to as this reparenting person that's connected to God and who can help me create which we talked about us being creators our true self I can create a shelf inside of my heart so that if you hand me some really nice things <laughs> I can put them somewhere I have a shelf for that and that's what I've been working on lately is just can I receive this and can I be free to share it with others when I see those beautiful qualities in all of us and the beautiful inner children that we are? And I love the, um, I have a minute, so I'll try to wrap up here. I know a lot of us um, use, look at pictures of ourselves, but I like this one. I like to have a picture of before where I'm a little sad girl. And then I like to just find a picture that I look pretty peaceful. And so I like to come next to each other. This is, this is real, but this is real too. And, and instead of, you know, spending a lot of time feeling, I'm not saying don't feel, I'm a feeler, but I, um, I, I think that it's good to count the blessings. It's so simple to speak on gratitude and to love the little children inside of me. They're creative and funny, cute. And they really like people. They care about people They love animals, of course. Um, but yeah, so if you have a young picture of yourself, I encourage you to find a picture that you feel like it was a good moment in your life. And you don't hate the way you look or something. <laughs> we can be so mean, right? And then, you know, the material, I, you, the, this can't be done without the material. Material's insane, isn't it? Don't you feel like, like Tony A like stalked you or something? Like he followed you around and wrote a book? <laughs> I love that though. And um, thank you guys for listening. And I love this meeting and I really appreciate your hearing me today. And I hope I said something that helps you. And I'm also looking forward to hearing your shares today. Thanks guys.